just going to read one verse really quick, and that's going to be John chapter 14, verse 15. And we'll get right into the sermon. You don't have to sit down. Uh, Jesus speaking, he says, If you love me, keep my commandments. Let's pray one more time. Lord, we love you, God. And, and Lord, I just lift you up this morning, God, and thank you for being here with us, God. We thank you for sending the Holy Spirit, God, and, and, and we know that your power is in this place this morning. And Lord, as we go into the message, God, I just pray that hearts were prepared, and God, that people are ready to hear your word. And Lord, I just pray that people would be moved, and God, that, that if there's anybody lost, Lord, that they would be saved this morning. And God, if there's anybody backslidden, Lord, that they would be reclaimed to you, back to the family of God. Lord, I pray that you would use me as your vessel. God, help me to preach your word. Give me clarity of mind and clarity of speech. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Thank you for standing for so long. We, uh, I appreciate that. And w I preached last week. Of course, there was a, a few less people here due to the snow. But last week, I preached on the love of God. And I preached from the book of 1 John. And I actually told you that, that we were going to preach uh, the, on the same subject this, this morning on love. And so we have here Jesus in the book of John chapter 14. He says these, these few words. And he says, if you love me... Keep my commandments. It's such a simple verse, and it? it's actually a verse. You know, I like to memorize Scripture. Do you like to memorize Scripture? I know a few of you do, and a few of you say, you know what, I'm too old to memorize Scripture, so you might as well forget it. This is just a few words. If you love me, keep my commandments. I believe that's eight words. And that's something that if you want to want to show that you love God every day, if you want to prove to God how much you love Him, He said, keep my commandments and we automatically think of the Ten Commandments. Don't you think of that when you hear the word commandments? And everybody should know the Ten Commandments. And, and I, when I was younger, I had to memorize those in Sunday school. And you know it's Exodus chapter 20. Thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not commit adultery. All these, all these things. But did you know Jesus actually gave us a clarification? And, and he kind of made it a little easier. And I'm going to go to Matthew chapter 22. So if you've got your Bibles, we're actually going to read a, a, another little section of Scripture. Matthew chapter number 22. And we're going to start in verse number 34. And that will actually be where we preach from this morning. But I just wanted to open up with John and show you how important it was that we, that we love God by keeping His commandments. And John or Matthew chapter 22 verse 34, read with me. It says, but when the Pharisees had heard that he had put the Sadducees to silence, they were gathered together. And then one of, them, one of them, which was a lawyer, asked him a question, tempting him and saying, Master, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. And so last week we preached on how that you are to love God and, and how that God actually loves you. And, and He loved you first, didn't He? He loved you so much that He sent His Son to be the propitiation for your sins. It's what John, 1 John chapter 4 tells us. And, and so Jesus puts it in, in two simple little phrases. He said, if you want to keep all the commandments of God... Because in the society we live in, ten things is just too much, right? That's what we feel like sometimes. How would y'all like it if I preached a ten-point sermon? Would y'all love that or what? I mean, y'all would just be shouting the house down, wouldn't you? 
But Jesus said, you know what? He said, he said I'm not trying to do away with anything. He said, but I, he said, if you really want to know what's important in life, he says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, not part of it, not some of it, and with all your soul and then with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. And he could have stopped there and said, there it is. But then he goes on in verse number 39 and he says these words, and this is the message today. He said, and the second is like unto it. Just as important as what he's saying. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. I'm going to read that again. He says, and the second is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. In verse 40, he says, on these two commandments hang all the law and prophets. The Ten Commandments are broken down into two sections. They're broken down into commandments that, that uh, pertain to God. You know, thou shalt have no other gods before me. Thou shalt, you know, not make any graven images and all these things. And there's four of those and then there's actually six that pertain to man. And he says, you can take all those other commandments. He said, you can take these two that I've given you and you can nail them into the wall and you can just hang all the others on them. Because if we can learn to love God with all of our heart and love our neighbors as ourselves, then we will be in pretty good shape. Would you say amen to that? If we could just learn to do that. We're, we're, it's, the, it's the day of love, right? And everybody, I, I know how all you married couples woke up this morning. You woke up and you thought about that little, that little, you know, the little angel named Cupid and how he fl flew in and, and he shot your spouse with that little arrow of love and, and they woke up and looked at you and said, I love you with everything that I got. That's how everybody morning was this morning, right? No, no it wasn't. You men rolled over and you looked at your wife and you said, my goodness, how, look how pretty she is. And then the women rolled over and looked at their man and said, Ugh, would you please brush your teeth? I'm just kidding. That's, that's not what love's about, amen? It's more than that. It's more than looking at somebody. It's more than, than just feelings. Love is something in your heart that, that I believe can only come from God. You say, well, I love my spouse. I, I'm lost and I care about my spouse. And, and I don't doubt that. But if you really want to know how to love somebody, you love them through God. Love starts with God. And so Jesus says here, he said, love God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. But then he says, also love your neighbor as yourself. This is the two commandments that we're, we're preaching on these last two Sundays. And so we, and I think about this, and, and you know, I'll be honest with you. Some people are hard to love. Wouldn't you agree with that? You ever just, you ever just find some people in this world that are just hard to love, hard to get along with? Now, see, I'm, I'm looking at some of you, and I see this little smirk on your face. And the reason you have a smirk on your face this morning is because somebody came to your mind. Truth be told, we all know somebody, or we're all acquainted with somebody, that you say, well, do I really have to love them? And I would say, yes, you do. But let's talk about this morning where loving your neighbor starts. It says love your neighbor. And, and a lot of us think, well, hey, I, I love the person next door to me. You know, they don't play loud music. They keep their dog up at night from barking. And, and I love them. Most of us don't know our neighbors. Jesus is talking about the people. He's talking about folks that are around us and folks that we deal with. But the first thing that I want to talk about this morning is where love starts. Where you as an individual should find love and that you should give love. Number one is you should find love in the home. That's where love should start. 
Let me tell you this, that it's very important that we notice that God instituted the marriage before he instituted anything else. Did you know that? Before we had a church, before we had the Ten Commandments, before we had the Abrahamic Covenant, before we had anything hardly written in the book of this book we call the Word of God, God instituted marriage. And he looked at Adam and he said, you know what? He said, it's not good that man should be alone. And so he instituted the marriage. And so we find that love starts at home. Now, do all marriages and do all homes look the same? No, they do not. Would you agree with that? Uh, that, that everything doesn't look the same. Everybody's not got the same situation. And you know what? That's okay. You know, because you can still show love even if your situation is different from somebody else's situation. And so we, we find this, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25, I'll read it. It's very familiar. I like this verse of Scripture. It says, Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. Husbands, love your wives. I'm going to preach to men for a minute. Is that okay? So if you're a man and if you're especially a husband and if you're a young husband, listen. Okay, I'm not saying that I'm, I'm, I'm by any means the perfect example of love. But you know what men tend to do these days? Ten, men want to act tough, don't they? Don't men want to act tough? Tanner, I mean, I, I've seen him so many times just, just, you know, swell up and say, I'm a man, you know, I can handle things. And what men do is, is they're often afraid to show love. And, and if you're anything like me, I, I'm, I'm going to tell you a little secret about me, is I'm not a super emotional person, okay? In case you haven't figured that out, I don't show emotion hardly at all. If you, if you don't believe me, ask Lacey. She'll tell you. She said, would you please show some sympathy for me sometimes? And I said, I am. She said, well, let your face know about it. And sometimes we're, we're, so, we're so masculine and we're, we're so manly that, that we, we overlook the importance of love in our life. If you, let me say this to husbands and, and, and prospective husbands. Maybe if you think you'll have a wife one of these days. You want to really show a woman that you love her? Act like you love her. See, I done run Tanner off, Amen. All you've got to do is, is, is not only tell her, but you need to love her by showing her. And let's, let's read on down just a little bit. Let's go to the book of Titus. And it says this. It's actually talking about older women. We love to talk about the older women. It says that they may teach the young women to be sober, to love their husbands, and to love their children. So we see that in a marriage that love just doesn't come from the, the husband because if you read on in the book of Ephesians chapter 5, you'll find that it says that husbands are to love their wives and then a lot of, of real manly men love the next section of Scripture where it says, wives obey your husbands. We love to just take that verse and run with it, don't we men, sometimes. But it says that our wives are to love us. And you know, sometimes, I'll be honest with you, I, I, can, I often wonder how Lacey can love me because she sees me for who I really am a lot of times. And you know, that's when, that's when you know you truly love your spouse is when you love them through their ugly spots. 
when you love them, I'm not talking about you know their, I'm not talking about their physical appearance. I'm talking about when they when they have problems, when they have issues, when they have things going on in their life, and when they show their weaknesses and when they lash out and whatever it may be that you still love them. That's where love starts. Amen. Can you say amen? Are you with me this morning? And then he says the older women are also to teach the young women not only to love their husbands. And, and so it, it almost seems like that it's something that should be, should be given in it as an example. Wouldn't you think so? That you older, you older women, and, and I'm not trying to pick on anybody here this morning, but, but Sister Fanny May sitting there, you're probably the oldest lady here, aren't you? You're pretty close to it, aren't you? And, and I can tell by, by looking at this woman, get this this morning, that she loves her husband. Would you, would you say amen to that? Amen. Brother Albert said amen to that. And so you know what I would recommend if I were some of you younger ladies? I would watch this sweet little lady right here and what she does for her husband and, and how that she loves him and shows him that she loves him. And he loves her just as much. I talked earlier about, about David, David England, how they're, they're going to bury him today. And he preached the gospel uh, for, for 72 years, I believe. But it was a very interesting thing that I read in his obituary last night, that he had been married to his wife for 70 years. 70 years. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that awesome that, that somebody could stay married for 70 years? And somebody said last night, they said, you know, when you saw them out, you never saw one without the other. You know, what we're guilty of these days is, is a lot of times that, that uh, I'm going one way and Lacey's going the other and, and, we, and our paths kind of intersect at home right then and, and that's where we show each other that we love each other and all this, but you never saw one without the other. And last night, as, as David's body was laying there at the Sparta First Free Will Church, uh, his body was laying there, and, and the first thing I said is, where's Sister Bessie, and how's she taking this? And they said, they said she's, not, she's not doing real good. And her heart is broken, and she's suffering because she loved her husband. Because she cared so much for her husband. Wives love your husbands. Husbands, love your wives and be sincere about it. But then also you need to, you need to love your children. You need to love your grandchildren and you need to, to model this love. I want to tell you a quick story. Some people don't, don't like this. I talk, sometimes I talk about my kids a little too much. But yesterday we were on our way to the, to the funeral. And you know how you talk to your kids, right? You just, we talk to our kids like they're adults. And Barrett was sitting in the back seat, and Barrett said, Daddy, he's got a cousin named Bryson. He said, is my foot going to be as big as Bryson's? Bryson's eight. And I said, yeah. I said, you'll probably be bigger than Bryson, because I'm a lot bigger than Bryson's dad. And, uh, and he said, he said, uh, he said I'm going to be big like you, Daddy. And I said, yeah, you're going to be big like Daddy. And, and last night before that, I gave Barrett a, a bath, and I used my body wash on him. He likes my body wash because he wants to smell like Daddy. And he goes, I smell like daddy. I'm in training. Did he not? And, and, I th and I laughed and I thought, man, that was pretty funny. Barrett's in training. But you know what he's in training for? I'm training him to be a man. And you know what I'm training him also for? To be a father maybe one of these days. 
And I would love for him to say, you know what? I want to love my wife like I saw my daddy love my mama. And Shaylee, one of these days, Lord forbid that that little girl ever gets married. But if, she, if I ever allow it, I want her to love her husband like her mama loves me. We, we are to be examples. Older women, Lacey, older women, show the younger women. Older men, show the younger men. Love your children and be that example. Don't just, don't just love them, but show them how to love those around them. You know, the world, it's, it's getting more full of hate every single day, isn't it? You know, the opposite of love is hate. And the world that we live in is absolutely full of hate. And you think, where, where, did, this, where did all this hate come from? Well, number one, it came from sin. That's, that's the root of it. But you know what? Just looking around and studying people, I've kind of figured that, that people quit showing love at home as much. And I believe so as the home goes, so the world goes. Amen? And if, if we would just have love at home, I believe that, that love would just go out in concentric circles. And that's how I think about this. And that's how maybe I want you to think about this sermon is in concentric circles. That love starts at home. But, but see, it doesn't stop there. And so Jesus goes on and he says, he says, love your neighbors. So we talk about that love should start at home. And so you should love those in the home. But, but then let's take it a step further. Let's go out. We sung that song. I love the song that Cecil selected this morning, The Family of God. I'm so glad that I'm a part of the family of God. I say amen to that. I'm glad that I'm a part of not just this church, but I'm part of, of God's church. I'm part of the uni, universal church and that you are my family. And you know, every family's got those cousins that you don't care for sometimes. And maybe there's some folks like that in the church, but you know what we should be doing? We should be loving one another in the church. And you say, well, can you find that? Yeah, yeah, I believe I can. 1 John chapter 4, if you've got your Bible, let's actually go back to 1 John chapter 4. And, and we were there last week and I told you that we would refer back to 1 John chapter 4. 1 John chapter 4, let's read just a few verses. And he reiterates this and last week we read I believe 8, 9 and 10. But let's read 7. 1 John chapter 4 verse 7. He says, Beloved, John is referring to the church. I want you to understand that. When, when you open your Bible and you see the Apostle Paul or the Apostle John use the word beloved, what he's really saying is brothers and sisters. Christian folks, pay attention. He says, Beloved, or he can say church. Let us love one another. For love is of God. And everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. Let's read verse 8 just to go with it. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. And then we continue down into verse number 11. He said, Beloved, if God so loved us, how much? So much that He gave His Son to be our, our, the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. And then we read on down. It doesn't stop there. Verse 20. If a man say, I love God and hateth his brother, he is a liar. For he that loveth not his brother whom he hath seen, how can he love God whom he hath not seen? Verse 21, And this commandment have we from him, that he who loveth God 
love his brother also. That's some serious stuff, isn't it? You know, I could sit here all day and, and say, I love you. But it, it, it's a serious thing because the Bible says that, that if we don't love people, that if we, just, if we say that we love God and hate our brother, you know what we are? A liar. Well, nobody likes to be called a liar, do they? You know, that's one thing that gets on my nerves is if anybody wants to call me a liar, boy, I don't, I don't like that. But he said that, that if we profess that when we come in here and we, we try to worship to the music and, and we read the Word of God and we say, Yes, God, I love you with all of my heart, but I have got a bad problem with Mark Apple. Mark, I love you. You know that, right? I'm just using you as an example. Now, Mark, Mark's the kind of guy that he'd just come up here and whoop on me if I, told, if I said that. But anyways, so that's why I told him I loved him real fast. But if I were to say that I love God, and then I said, but I cannot love Him, I'm a liar. And, and this morning I heard uh, Brother Charlie and Brother Albert coming out of the joy class, and they were talking about how there used to be shouting in churches and, and all of this, and, and, and people think, well, where did some of that go? I think a lot of that, if we want to get that back, is we need to start loving the folks in this church. Amen? Man, Cecil said amen. Anybody else say amen to the fact that we need to love each other? Like I said, it's hard sometimes. I totally understand that. I'm not this superhuman being. I'm not this perfect person that says, you know what? I love everybody with a perfect love. I can think of people that, 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 that proclaim to be Christians that do things that grate on my nerves. And they do things that I don't, I don't agree with. But the Bible says that, that, that if I want to love God, that I have to love them as well. You know, this word, it says the word neighbor. When I read that earlier, anybody remember that? that he said, love, your, love God with all your heart. And then he says, love thy neighbor as thyself. And what does he mean by that? He says, love thy neighbor as thyself. Well, number one, we're going to take care of ourselves. We're looking out for number one, whether we want to admit it or not. And so he says, love thy neighbor. That word neighbor, is in, in the Bible reference, it's not talking about the person that happens to live next to you. That's talking about anybody that you meet. Did you know that? It's talking about that anybody that you happen to run into, you are to love them. And it's hard. And sometimes I have to pray. And in fact, I'll, I'll, just, I'll just be straight up with you. When I was studying for this sermon and I got to this point and I was writing it down and, and God was talking to me about people loving each other, that, that person, one particular person came to my mind just like they came to your mind. Somebody came to your mind. And I had to stop my study, put my Bible down, and ask God to forgive me. For not loving that person like I should. And you think the preacher had to ask forgiveness? Absolutely, I have to ask forgiveness. Because if I didn't ask forgiveness, I couldn't stand in this pulpit and preach this sermon. Amen, Brother Albert? Sometimes it hurts. Sometimes it's not, it's not always easy. Sometimes it's not the most enjoyable. And, and here's the thing about it. Even if you do show that person love, they won't always reciprocate love back to you. 
You know, if, if I was to show that person that I loved them, however that may be, they may not show it back. They may smart off to me as often they do. They may say something to, to try to push my buttons. And I've got some buttons. You've got buttons. And those people, they know how to push them. And you think, well, do I really have to love that person? There is a resounding, yes, you do. I got reels. Anybody, is everybody okay? Anybody have a heart attack? I'm just preaching the Bible, right? He said, if you love God, we ought also to love one another. And so we go from the home, and then we go to the church, and then we, we take it a step further, and we, and we go out just a little bit further, and we go into the entire world. We're to love everybody in the world. That's a hard thing to, th to think about. And I, I, I thought, well, how do I show that in Scripture? And then the Bible led me to Luke chapter 10. And I won't read the entirety of Luke chapter 10, but I want to tell you, it's a story about a, a guy that was a Samaritan. And he saw a Jew laying on the ground. And you know what had happened to that Jew? He had been beat up. And he had been robbed. And he had been stripped of his clothing. He had been stripped of all the money that he had. And, and, and he was laying there basically naked and destitute and, and beat up and wounded. And, and along, guess who showed up? How many of you know this story? Do you know this story? Here's what happens. I'm preaching to Christian people this morning, so just bear with me. As this guy came along, and by the way, this guy that was beat up, he's representative of maybe a lost person, of maybe somebody that was hurting, maybe somebody that was wounded, and, and somebody in the world. And this guy it didn't look all that good. He wasn't in the best condition. And it says that, that, that a priest came along. And a priest being representative of, of, the, of God, representative of the church, the, the, the people of God, he came along and, and he got down on his knees and he did everything he could to help this guy, right? Is that, is that how the story goes? That's not how it goes. It says that he passed by. He didn't just pass by. He made it a point to go to the other side of the road to get around this guy. He made it a point to say, you know what, I've, I'm, I've, I'm, I'm running behind and I've got to get to the temple and, you know, it's my day to make sacrifices and, and if I don't get there on time, then, then the head priest, he's going to get on to me and I've got places to be. I don't have time to deal with this. And he passed by. And he didn't love that guy. He didn't show any love. And then the next guy came by, and he was a Levite. And you know what that is? It's almost the same thing as a priest. It's somebody that is a representative of God's family. And he saw the guy, and he did exactly the same thing. I don't know why Jesus told us that twice. I guess it happened twice, but he passed by on the other side of the road, and he left that guy laying there. And as I read this story in Luke chapter 10 about this man and I think about people that are wounded in the world and people that are, are, are lost in sin and they're basically naked and destitute and have nothing and, and they don't have anywhere to go and they can't help themselves, who's going to help them? Somebody that loves them, I would say, wouldn't you? You know who you'll help? People that you love. That's who I, I love. I love to help people. I, I try to help people as much as I can. If you've got a flat tire, and I'm going to try to help you change it if I can. I'm going to show love as much as I can. 
especially to church folks, but did you know that we're supposed to love lost people that much too? And sometimes that's hard. You know why? Because a lot of lost people, they have their, they have their, their issues. They have some problems. They have things that, that I call, you know, warts and ugly spots in their lives. And it's things that, that we really don't want to deal with and things that we're not comfortable with. You know, when that priest passed by and looked at that, that guy laying down there beat up, you know one of the reasons he made out of stop, he was probably wearing his nice clothes. He was a priest. And priests back then, they, they wore their priestly garments. And my assumption is, is that he didn't want to have to get down on the ground and risk getting his clothes dirty and risk getting blood on his own clothes. And my goodness, why would he want to spend a dime on this guy? He didn't know him. But love will make you do things that you're not comfortable with sometimes. Love will send you to people that you don't always know how to deal with them or how to, how to do rightly with them, but love will send you to them. And so lastly in this story, we're talking about loving people. Are you still with me this morning? And then lastly, we see a Samaritan. And if you know anything about the Jews and the Samaritans, they absolutely hated each other. They couldn't stand each other. I mean, when, when they saw each other, they, they would literally, I mean, if they were going a straight line to somewhere and they saw a Samaritan, they would, they would circle around and go, you know, 10 miles out of the way to get there just to avoid the Samaritans. Samaritans did the same with, did the, same with the Jews. But yet this Samaritan came along, and I believe this man had God in his heart. Because when he saw this man wounded, And in need of some love, it said these words in Luke chapter 10. It said that he had compassion on him. You know what compassion is? It is actually, it's love that is going to do something or love that does something. And he saw this man and he said, hey, he said, you know what, I've got a, I've got a donkey here. And he said, I've got some, some oil and I've got some bandages. He said, and, and, and I need to help this guy. Church, listen this morning. If you're saved, listen to me. Pay attention. When you see somebody out in the world and, and, and they're lost and they're hurting, I would say do everything that you can to help that person. Amen? Go to them and show them some love. Do a lot of people deserve your love? They probably don't deserve it. But let me say this. You don't deserve God's love, but guess what? He gives it to you anyways no matter how undeserving that you really are. Love people. He said, love thy neighbor as thyself. That word, again, neighbor means anybody that you run into. I'll tell you another quick story, and and I'm almost done here, and I may have told a lot of stories this morning, but I had my own Good Samaritan experience one time. And I I told you all about this in October of 2019. I had just... When I went to Israel, how many's heard the story of, of me getting picked up? Anybody heard that? So Tanner left, so you don't know whether to believe this story or not. So you don't know if I'm making it up. But this really happened. When I went to Israel in October, Ronnie Lee, and I don't think Ronnie Lee's here this morning, had this, had this great idea that we were going to walk through the desert of Israel for 40 miles. How many of you would sign up for that and say, yeah, I, I'm looking forward to that? So he has this idea, we're going to walk through the desert for 40 miles. And if I showed you this on a map, it's, it's just pretty much barren dirt. And he says, and because we're walking 40 miles, we're going to have to put 50-pound backpacks on. I thought, this is getting better by the minute. And, and many of you, if you know anything, I've, I've got a, a knee that gives me some trouble. 
And, and so, and, and we, we go to walk out of Nazareth where Jesus was from. And we start walking and, we, and every one of us, there were six of us, we all had a map. Every one of us had the same exact map. And we were going from point A, which was Nazareth, to point B, which was Cana. Cana of Galilee, where Jesus turned water into wine. That was where we were headed that day. It's about 10 miles. And so, apparently, we were fellowshipping a little too much, got to talking, and we made a wrong turn. Well, if you're in the middle of the desert in, in Israel, guess what? GPS don't work. And so, we're walking, and we're walking, and, and we're looking around, and we think, this, this doesn't look like anything we've seen on the map. And, and as we, walk, we walked into this little town, and people started looking at us funny. People were looking at us, and they were kind of they were kind of backing up. And, and it was almost one of those scenes, you know, like in, in the old westerns when a shootout was about to happen, and the people would be shooing their kids into the house. You ever seen that? It's what it felt like. And so, praise the Lord, we turned the corner and found a grocery store. And I thought, here we are in the desert, but there's a grocery store. And I went in and I got me some water and, and Rudy Oaks, uh, my former pastor, he got some, found him a Snickers bar, a real Snickers bar. And we all circled up outside on this porch and, and as we were inside the grocery store, we were asking the cashier, if, where, 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 where are we at? I mean, we were looking for the town name and, and we were pointing at the map and he said, no English, no English, no English. And I thought, man, first day, I'm not making it back. I'm going to die. I'm lost in this town. We're going to have to call the United Nations or the embassy or somebody to come find me because I am stuck. And if you know anything about me, I like planning. I like details. And this is, this is, I'm out of my comfort zone. And, and Ronnie said, oh, we'll be okay. I said, do you not realize the ramifications of this? We're going to make the news. And so nobody speaks English. People were walking by on the street. Do you speak English? English. No English. No English. No English. Everybody that we had met so far spoke English. Turns out we were in a town of Arabs, Muslims, people that practice Islam. Praise the Lord, right? We walked into this town that wasn't even on our map because they didn't want you to go there. And we, we said, what are we going to do? And there's six of us. Five of us are preachers. And we're standing there, we're scratching our heads, and we said, what are we going to do? And Rudy Oaks finally spoke up. I think his Snickers bar had kicked in. And he said, why don't we pray? Man, what a thought. And so we prayed, and, and we all circled up there, got in our little, little, little huddle, you know, and we prayed, and Rudy, Rudy prayed for us, and he said, in Jesus' name, amen. And we heard these words. Don't laugh at me. I'm going to do my best imitation, and I know I'm going to sound like a gas station clerk. But this guy said, can I help you? In a Middle Eastern accent. We heard English in a Middle Eastern accent. And I turned around, and I said, do you speak English? He said, oh, I went to a Baptist school. I said, praise the Lord, here's a Baptist over here. And I said, I said where are we? And he said, oh, he, and we showed him our map. And he said, well, uh, it's not on here. He said, but you're around here. You're right here. And I said, well, we're trying to get to this place. How do we get to this place? He said, you're a long ways from there. I thought, well, God sent us somebody just to tell us that we're still in trouble. And then he turned around. He said, but I've got a car. Praise the Lord. See, I was sitting there, and I didn't have any idea what to do. And this man shows up and God sent him to be my good Samaritan. 
I was tired of walking. I'm not going to lie. I was about, we were about four miles into this journey of 10 miles. I had a 50-pound backpack on, and I thought I had practiced enough, but apparently I hadn't. And he said, I've got a car. And Ronnie Lee, and, and many of you that don't know Ronnie Lee, just we'll, I'll tell you about him after service maybe. But he said, no, we don't want to ride. Just show us where we need to go. We're going to walk. And I looked at Rudy. I said, Rudy, do you want to ride? He said, I want to ride, brother. So we got in this car. This is what he had to do. He said he went to Baptist school, right? When he opened the back door of his Toyota Corolla, he had to move his Islamic prayer rug out of the way. See, this man was a Muslim. He had went to Baptist school, but he was still a Muslim. When I saw that prayer rug get moved out of the way here, I got nervous again. I said, oh no. We had prayed about it, right? God sent, God sent us somebody. You know, he was different than me, right? He lived on the other side of the world. He was a Muslim. He didn't look like us. And so I got nervous. I, I started thinking all these bad thoughts. And so I told Rudy before he got in the car, I said, Rudy, get behind him. And if anything looks bad, you just start choking him. That's what I told Rudy. I'm not going to lie. Okay, I was scared to death. And we got to going down the road, and I was sitting in the front seat next to him. And I said, I hadn't even got your name. What is your name, sir? He said, my name's Muhammad. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> your name's Muhammad. You're Muslim, and I'm dead. And he started flying down this road, and he turned off the paved road onto a dirt road. This is getting worse by the minute. And finally, he rounded the corner. And he stopped exactly where we needed to be. And he said, this is your destination. It's like, it was like the GPS. You have arrived at your destination. And me and Rudy got out. And he said, I'm going to go back and get your friends. And I said, can we pay you? He said, no. He said, I did it for Allah. You did it for Allah? You did it for a false god? I didn't say that. Don't get me wrong. And I said, thank you, sir. Thank you. We, we were a little different than him. Could you imagine six Arab people walked into your town at a gas station lost? How many of you would be volunteer to put them all in your car and take them where they needed to go? That'd be tough, wouldn't it? Yeah. Sister Margarete would, but not many of us would. But it, it, it's a scary thing to do. And he did it because he loved Allah. He, he's, he's, he doesn't believe in God, the God of the Bible. And yet he did something for his love for his God. How much more, here's the point of that, how much more should we do something to show the world that we love our God, the true God? You know, I was, I, was, I was as good as that guy sitting there. I was, I, in fact, uh, we, were, we were about out of water until we found that gas station. We were in trouble. We didn't know what to do or where to go. And God sent somebody. It didn't look the best, but God sent somebody. And let me tell you that, that I would say almost every day of your life, you, have a, you, have an, uh, 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 you meet somebody in that condition. It may not be that extreme, but you know what I was? I was lost when, when he found me. Say amen to that. 
And we meet people every day that are lost. They don't know where they're going to go. They don't know how they're going to get there. But they know they need help. What if we would have prayed and nobody would have helped us? I'm glad that wasn't the outcome of the story. I, I may not be standing here preaching to you today. I don't know. But I prayed and God sent somebody to me that day. And to this day, I still think about Muhammad. And he is a Muslim. But you know what? I'll, I'll, never, I'll probably never see that man again. But I love him. I love him. Why? Because I love God. And I've, I saw Muhammad that day. And you know what? Muhammad needs God just like anybody else needs God. He needs a touch from Jesus. He needs to come to know Jesus as his Lord and Savior just as much as the guy that you work with every day. And I love him. Please, church, know that if you say that you love God and you don't love your brother, then you're lying to yourself. You're lying to God. God knows our hearts. God knows whether we're telling the truth or not. 1 John 3.18, my little children, let us not love in word. He says, but in deed and in truth. He said, don't just love with your tongue. Don't just love in word. Don't just say that you love people. He said, but do it in deed. Show people that you love them. And he says, and do it in truth, in true love. You know, Valentine's Day is about love, but it far transcends the love between a man and a woman or a man and his, his children or, or whatever. It far transcends the family. It goes into the church and then eventually our love pours out into the world. I believe that, that if we would start loving at home, that that would pour over into the church. And then if we could love at church, if we could love each other, then you know what? That would pour out into the world around us, into our community. It may not reach the Middle East, and it may eventually. But right now, let's, let's love Cookville, Tennessee. Let's love our co-workers. Let's love those people that we see every single day of our life. They may be like that man that was, that was beaten and destitute and naked and didn't know what he was going to do. And they may be lost. You know what? Just love them. They may have issues. They may be drug addicts, alcoholics, uh, child abusers. I don't know. It's hard for me to love people like that. And it should be hard for you. But, but you've got to love those people and love them and tell them that Jesus died for their sins. I'll be honest with you. That day, I, w I, wouldn't, I was scared to tell Muhammad anything about Jesus. But I should have probably. And we were witnessing, we were trying to witness to, 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 to Jews and, and we were trying to witness to some Muslims and, and it was uncomfortable, just to be honest with you. But God loves them just as much as He loves you. Father, God, we come to you. And with all my heart, I say this, not as a cliche, not in a theatrical fashion, but Lord, I just want to say I love you. And God, I'm, I'm thankful that you showed me that you loved me before I could ever imagine what love was. That Lord, thousands of years before 
I even came into this world. You sent your son to die for my sins. And God, I can't imagine how much love that is. And Lord, as we read and studied and preached your word today, we were given the challenge to love our neighbors as ourselves. And God, I pray that this morning that that message goes out and it resonates with people. And that men would love their wives and that the wives would love their husbands and that they would love their children and and grandchildren and and nieces and nephews and whatever the situation may be, the, the grandparents, Lord, whatever the family is, God, I pray that our families would love. And Lord, I pray that our church would love. And Lord, forgive us, God, I pray on behalf of our church that, Lord, if we've not shown somebody that we love them, that, God, you would forgive us, God, and give us an opportunity to show somebody that we care because, God, I care. And, Lord, I know there are people in this church that care. Lord, give us opportunities to love each other. And, God, most of all, I pray that we could love the lost. And Lord, not that we would, we would condone their sinful behavior and that we would say it's okay, but that God, we would love them in spite of that sinful behavior. And that we could show them your love, which is ultimately the perfect love and the only love that is pure. God, help us to love today. In Jesus' name.